0: This is the Nothing But Bucks podcast. Now, here's your host, T.J. Reeves. Well, hope you had a good Thanksgiving weekend. Unfortunately, it doesn't end on a positive note for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as the Kansas City Chiefs, the champs, came into Raymond James Stadium on the final Sunday of November in this wild 2020 year and defeat our Buccaneers 27-24 carbon copy final score and a very similar ending to what happened just six days earlier on Monday night football against the Rams in a 27-24 loss that night. We are here to recap it and talk about it, give you some highlights, give you some post-game interviews and analysis, and now look ahead to a much-needed bye week and then the stretch run of the season. We'll do all of that here on the program. First of all, Hope you had a safe Thanksgiving. Everybody getting back in the groove now after the holiday weekend and Black Friday and the shopping and the food and lots of football. And I will say uh, up front here, folks, uh, sports are supposed to be fun and games and a diversion. And I know this is tough right now that the Bucks had such a high expectation when this year began and you got out to a seven and three start to this year even off the loss to the New Orleans Saints after you turn around and beat the Carolina Panthers you're seven and three I know the last week has been tough uh, I, I know as a Buccaneer fan you want this team to be in the playoffs because you haven't seen the postseason haven't tasted it haven't felt it and been in it so long that a lot of people have forgotten what it was like to be a playoff contending team every year as this team was at the end of the 90s and end of the 2000s. So I know there is disappointment. Uh, But again, sports is a great diversion now from everything else that's going on in the real world. And at least we have this to analyze, talk about. We're passionate. I'm passionate about this football team. Uh, You're passionate about it if you're listening to this podcast, obviously, Uh, The one thing I will say is that it's good to have these debates, these discussions, because I've been having them for the past few days with people off the air, been talking about it on the air. People text me, people call me. To find out what's going on, I'm doing interviews about what's going on. I'm talking to relatives. I'm talking to friends, neighbors. I'm talking to media friends that are calling me about what's going on. The only thing I'm saying is I would love for the Bucks to have won one or both of these games the last week. I would love for them to right now be sitting at 10-2, 11-1, 12-0. The Kansas City Chiefs are right there. The Pittsburgh Steelers are unbeaten going into Thursday night's game. It's tough to win them all. I'm just, I'm thrilled that we're getting to have the sports conversations. We're playing the games. The season is not over. There is still a chance at the playoffs. That's the realistic truth. As we sit here on, as I tape this on Monday morning, coming off of the Sunday evening game, the Seahawks are playing Monday night football with the Eagles, but let's, let's be real about the NFC East. There's only one team that's going to make the playoffs. They're probably going to do it with only six wins. It might be a seventh win, For the Giants, the Redskins, or the Eagles, doesn't look like the Cowboys are going to get it together. So there's not going to be a second playoff contending team in the NFC East. The Seahawks are definitely a contending team in the NFC West. We saw that Rams team on Monday night. They're a playoff contending team. Is there really a playoff contending team in the NFC Central? And yes, the Cardinals, who lost to the Patriots yesterday, playoff contending team in the NFC West. The Packers destroyed the Bears Sunday night after the Bucs-Chiefs game. The NFC Central, the NFC North, excuse me, the old Central, doesn't look like that it's... I mean, the Bears now have a losing record at 5-6. and six. You know, Everybody was talking about the Bucs and they lost to the Bears and head-to-head playoff tiebreakers. The, the Bucs are two front two games in front of the Bears now. The Vikings, who did win yesterday, they come to Raymond James Stadium in a couple of weeks and maybe maybe they'll be at six or seven wins, but you've got a chance to beat them when you really look at this right now, you're still in the playoff hunt, and 10 wins is more than likely all you need when it's all said and done. I, I know the naysayers, the critics are going to say, well, you're not going to win another game right now the way that you're playing. The uh, The last four opponents all have a losing record. I know Atlanta is playing better, and we'll get to that later on in the podcast, but the Lions just fired their coach. The Vikings have a losing record. You have opportunities. My point is that even as rough as the last six days have been, when you look at the NFC playoff standings right now, you're in the sixth spot. You're in the playoff hunt right now. They're increasing already this year to seven playoff teams, and it may be because of COVID-19 and whatever happens here the last five weeks of the season with having to pause, pause games, we don't know what's going to happen. You already have this mess with the Ravens and their game being delayed a week. The Broncos didn't have a quarterback to play in their game with the Saints. We don't know what's going to happen. They may have to pause. They may have to shorten the season. They may have to extend into January with the regular season. A week, maybe two weeks to have makeup games. But there may be, and this has been discussed with the owners uh, and the league, a scenario where there's an eighth playoff team. If there's an eighth playoff team, the Buccaneers are looking great uh, to be that 7th or 8th playoff team, even with one more win at 8-8. Eight and eight. So there's a lot to still be optimistic about, is is my only point here on this. I'm just enjoying the banter back and forth because we weren't sure if we were going to get all of this off the ground uh, back in July and August. And there are games, and the Bucks have now played 12 of them. And so, uh, yes, we'll get into this game. Second guesser's delight. I'll have some comments, some analysis And we'll get to all of it. By the way, however you found us, thank you for doing so. I usually say this at the very top of the show. Whether it's a social media link, Buccaneers mobile app, Buccaneers.com, subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts through the Buccaneers mobile app. Just subscribe and get the automatic notification whenever it's out, and the podcast will come your way as soon as games are done. It's a recap podcast, usually the day after the game. Uh, you know, we've had a Thursday night game. We've had a Monday night game. In fact, you've had a couple of Monday night games this year. The rest of them now are Sunday games, and they're all slated at the moment as early games. Well, I should say the Lions game could be Saturday or Sunday, uh, the, the uh, day after Christmas, Saturday or Sunday, the 27th of December. Uh, and the NFL will make that decision in a week or two here about whether that game is a Saturday game or a Sunday game. And it has to do more so with the Buccaneers being playoff relevant than it does the Lions, who, again, are awful at this stage and have fired Matt Patricia, the coach, and Bob Quinn, the uh, the general manager, over the weekend. So, in any event, the podcast comes to you after the games are done. Subscribe. It'll come automatically to you as we give you insight, analysis, interviews, and much more here on Nothing But Bucks. All right, so... With all of that said, let's get into this game. You knew the Chiefs were the champs coming in. You knew Patrick Mahomes and their electric, high-powered offense was going to be a tough challenge. Uh, That's probably an understatement. The challenge of the year defensively to play these guys. I I don't care about Drew Brees and the Saints' success. He can't throw the ball vertically uh, anymore, and he's injured now the last couple of games. Uh, You can talk about other teams, Big Ben and what the Steelers are doing. Uh, Other teams with great passing offense, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Rodgers very similar with the ability to throw the ball uh, with great velocity down the field and weapons, but it's not the Chiefs' weapons. It's just, I mean, they are on a different level with the speed that they have and the arm that he has. And you've seen it over and over and over again. The one game that they've lost, the Raiders outscored their defense and the Raiders got a critical interception in the second half that they cashed in on points, and that was basically the difference in the game. Uh, In a one-score game, that's the only game Kansas City's lost. Yes, they've done a Houdini to pull out a couple of comeback wins, including one early in the year against the Chargers when they were down by 10 and came roaring back in the fourth quarter and won the game eventually in overtime. But by and large, they have devastated everybody they've played with Mahomes and the passing game. And Sunday would be no different no different in an expectation. You did not expect, if, you, if you've if you watched Kansas City the last couple of seasons, you didn't expect you're going to hold them to 21 points. What planet are you on that they weren't going to get 24, 27, 31 points? You were going to have to outscore them. And eventually the Buck defense did get some stops, but look where Kansas City ended up, 27 points. You weren't going in this game thinking you're going to hold them to 17 or 13 points. Nobody has. So you had to have the mentality of go score, go trade blows with them. and That's what the Bucs were trying to do. Let's get into the highlights of what went on in this game as the Chiefs would get the ball first uh, after the Bucs had won the toss and deferred. And Mahomes immediately on the first play of the game got Tyreek Hill uh, in motion with the little pitch, the little inside pitch he got around the end and he got 34 yards. They love Kansas City and have, as advertised all year, used... Tyreek Hill used Nicole uh, Hardman. Use uh, any kind of misdirection of running players uh, in motion, jet sweep, flip it to them, hand it to them. Uh, use the read option as well out of college with the with the motion coming in front of it to freeze linebackers and open up things down the field. Get you to stop flat-footed as a linebacker or a safety and then do things past you, vertically. Seam routes, outside routes going down the field. Kansas City well-oiled with Andy Reid, with Eric Bieniemy calling the plays. They are locked in. So on their opening drive, they got that 34-yard play. And then the Bucks were their own worst enemy uh, on defense a lot of this first quarter. Two different times they jump off sides and give the Chiefs an automatic first down. And then eventually a pass to Tyreek Hill gets... Kansas City inside the 10. Chiefs got a little too cute on the second down play with a double reverse where tight end Patrick, uh the went out into uh, coverage and tight end Travis Kelsey was going to throw it to him. Kelsey could have probably run it in, truthfully, but Carlton Davis made a really good play. Carlton Davis was playing like, Uh, two-on-one fast-break defense. He's the one defender. He got between Mahomes and the pass and got between Kelsey and the goal line and made Kelsey make a decision. Do you want to run up where I can tackle you? Or do you want to try to go ahead and throw it like you're planning to do? He played it well. He batted the pass down. That was a good play. On third down, Mahomes threw incomplete. And so then the Chiefs got on the board with a 19-yard field goal by Harrison Butker, their kicker. So they had the early lead in this one at 3-0. And really, the story is a similar story of what we've seen with the Bucs' struggles in each of their uh, previous two losses to the Rams Monday night and back three weeks ago now to the Saints, which is offensively not being able to get anything going. And to that end, it was the case here again on Sunday where you did get one first down on a completion to Mike Evans on uh, on the uh, second down play, so you got a first down, but after that, you're not able to get much else. You're you're not able to hit Evans on a deep ball, and then you're not able to hit Evans over the middle, and you punt. So one first down, and you give it back. Now, to the D's credit, they held the Chiefs uh, without uh, being able to pick up a first down, and, and Kansas City elected to punt the ball away on third down in about a foot after Tyreek Hill... Uh, was knocked out of uh, was knocked out of bounds on the second down play. The rookie running back out of LSU, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, was not able to get anything on the third down play. They elected to punt. And again, you were hoping, standing down there in the operational zone, which is the front row of Raymond James Stadium, where we're allowed to work on the media, not allowed to be on the field because of COVID-19 and the uh, status of, of Tier 1. They don't want any media, any outsiders around the players, around the bench, because of the possible spread of coronavirus, so we're detached from the sideline, but we're right there at field level in the front row watching this. And the end result, the bottom line, is uh, the Chiefs have to punt the ball away, and you're thinking, okay, go put a drive together. Chiefs' defense nowhere near what the Rams' defense is. Nowhere near what the Saints' defense is. And yet you're not able to do it. You run the ball on first down. All All the people want to talk about sticking with the run game, by the way... On the first three first downs of the game, Byron Lefkowitz called run play to Ronald Jones for five yards on the first one, for four yards on the second one, and out of this new drive on first down, Ronald Jones ran for one yard. So those saying, run the ball, you got to run the ball, you got to run the ball, they were running the ball to begin the game yesterday and trying to make something happen with play action off of it. Uh, Brady then hit Gronk for six yards over the middle. Kansas City was confused on the defensive substitutions and called timeout. And then the Bucs tried to run a a pass play, a wheel route out of the backfield to Antonio Brown, and the Chiefs smelled it out and had two guys over there waiting for it. And uh, Brady threw incomplete. So you go three and out and you give the ball right back, and at that point you're almost asking for it because you got your stop on the previous possession. That's where you needed to go put a drive together, get a touchdown, go take the lead, at least a field goal to tie it. Instead, you give the ball right back to Kansas City. And here is the first of the highlights, and yes, there were a lot of Kansas City highlights as Patrick Mahomes went up top. Mahomes sends Kelsey wide to the left as a flex
1: receiver. Play action fake and dropping to throw. Mahomes looks downfield, wants the long ball downfield. Got a receiver in the area. It's a caught ball by Tyreek Hill. Touchdown, Kansas City change. Rears back and throws the long bomb. And Tyreek Hill with that 4-2 speed just beat everybody down the far sideline. Rookie Antoine Winfield had no chance.
0: The longest touchdown pass of the season for Tyreek Hill is a 75-yarder. And by the way, um, I'm just giving you insight, giving you analysis, uh, being as uh, insightful as I can with you. For all that want to scream about, you're playing too much zone. I've been talking about this with people off the air for the last three weeks. You can't come out and keep playing soft zone. You're playing too much zone. Guess what, kids? On that first down play, the Bucks were playing press man coverage right across the line of scrimmage. Every DB up on every receiver. And Tyreek Hill was loaded up uh, on the right side one-on-one with Carlton Davis in press coverage. And lo and behold, uh, Mahomes looks one way and then lasers the ball to the right you're trying to play press. You're trying to play man-to-man. That's what will happen against the Kansas City Chiefs. You take the risk. You don't get home with the pass rush. And he uh, and he threw a fantastic ball to Hill, who even had to slow down a little bit for it because he's got 4-2-3 speed in the, in the 40. Uh, and it's a 75-yard touchdown. Again, a, a huge play to make the game 10-0. Was the game over with at that point? No. Still had a ton of football left, but Kansas City gave you a taste of uh, this is what's waiting on you if you play man-to-man and you don't get to Patrick Mahomes. He will find, if not Hill Deep, he'll find Watkins, he'll find Hartman Deep, he'll find Kelsey Deep Middle. You better get home if you're playing man-to-man against him. Because other than that, he's going to move off of option one to option two, and more than likely option two is there, and if it's not, option three is going to be there against man-to-man coverage they're just too good here again in the chronology of our highlights the Bucks go three and out uh, it was a first down pass for the record on the next possession uh, for the first time in four first down opportunities Tom Brady throwing short to Rob Gronkowski for six yards Ronald Jones ran for two yards and then the over the middle pass to Cameron Brate was incomplete I'll be honest at 10 nothing I was contemplating I'm not a coach is Bruce Arians, no risk it, no biscuit, gonna go for it? On fourth down in his own territory where you don't want the game to get away from you. I know it's early. I, I know you're halfway through the first quarter, but they've hit you with a Haymaker bomb touchdown. Okay, he elects to punt it away. It was fourth down and two. He elects to punt it away. And Kansas City again wastes no time in cranking it back up after you punt it away. Uh Le'Veon Bell gets eight yards. Uh, the former Jet, the former Steeler, the running back, Mahomes finds Tyreek Hill over the middle for 19 yards. He sat down on that one. He finds Travis Kelsey uh, for 14 yards again over the middle. They are dicing up the Bucks. There was some soft coverage, but there was also some man-to-man coverage in there. The mix of he was doing both. And then lo and behold, again on third and eight, you're playing press man. You're bringing you're bringing pressure. You're up on the line of scrimmage playing press man again. And again, Tyreek Hill gets free.
1: Third down, eight, Mahomes in the shotgun. Three receivers to the left, and Travis Kelsey to the right edge. Here's the snap dropping to throw Mahomes, gets the pass away, downfield toward Hill, makes the catch at the 15, to the 10, zigzags his way into the end zone, and Hill does a flip, a reverse somersault. He scored his second touchdown of the game, and the Chiefs lead 16 to nothing.
0: That one is 44 yards for the touchdown incredible that in the first quarter of the game the first quarter Tyreek Hill had 203 yards which I know they had been researching and I did not see the final answer I don't have it for you here on nothing but bugs we'll have to look for it in the last 10 years in the NFL no one had caught 200 yards in the first quarter of any game any team uh, that that's a uh, that's a season for a lot of receivers in years gone by to catch for 200 yards and two touchdowns. you used to have a modest year. He did it in the first quarter, and the Chiefs led 17-0. And at this stage, you knew, uh, I mean, it did not take Einstein to figure out that the, the Buccaneers are in trouble. Uh, you got to try to make something happen. And they were not able to make anything happen now on their third drive. Uh, Brady got a pass completion to Chris Godwin for a short gain. Got a six-yarder. Uh, to Cameron Brate to bring up third down. I mean, you had third and short over and over again. Third and two and couldn't come up with a play that would work. Going incomplete to Godwin again over the middle. And again, uh, I mean, I'm not a coach, but it's 17-0. It's fourth and two. No risk it, no biscuit. You're built for offense. You got a Hall of Fame quarterback. I thought in that instance you might go there. And I was suggesting off the air, saying, hey, you, you... You've already been run out by the New Orleans Saints 31-0 in the first half of the game. You're, the way this is going, you're on the verge of being run out here. Again, I'm not paid to be the coach. But in this instance at 17-0, uh, I know it's still the first quarter. You're going to give the ball right back to them, and you got Groundhog Day going on all over again like the Saints game. They elect a punt, and it actually it ends up being uh, a decent punt by Bradley Pinion. And now the Chiefs take the ball uh, back over. By the way, one other thing I know because there were a lot of people sending me uh, messages during the game and even after the game about what Tony Romo was saying on CBS, uh, their analyst, who's obviously one of the top uh, football analysts on TV right now, who's been watching all of the tape, he's been talking to Tom Brady, delved into the Buccaneers, working his first Bucks game this year because CBS doesn't have uh, the package with the NFC teams where you're going to get Romo doing a game over and over again. So he and Jim Nance, the number one crew of CBS there, they're the same crew that's going to come back and work the Super Bowl in Tampa in February. That's a big reason why they were there. Huge game with Mahomes and Chiefs and national interest. I know that Romo was very critical on the TV broadcast about a couple of things. One, he kept saying, hey, no pre-snap use of switching formations. No pre-snap use of motion, using a receiver in motion to tell Tom Brady what the coverage is. That is true, that is correct. But it is also, and he said this a little later on, it's not what Bruce Arians and Byron Leftwich do a lot with moving things around. Maybe you need to adjust and that's the criticism. Uh, one of the other things that, uh, that uh, Romo was bringing up was that the Bucks love to send guys vertical and only have one guy short. And Brady is so used to in New England having multiple options short, either back out of the backfield, tight end or receiver over the middle, and maybe only one guy vertical. But here's the difference, and we've said this so many times. When you have Evans, when you have Godwin, when you have Scotty Miller who was starting to show the ability to go down the field and make plays as a speedster, as a smaller receiver, when you have a great pass-catching tight end who's going to the Hall of Fame like Gronkowski, when you have another good, uh, the really good pass-catching tight end in Cameron Braid, you don't have to run three and five and seven-yard pass patterns with all these guys and bunch everything up just beyond the line like you're the Patriots that don't have the weapons to go down the field and run and, and hit plays vertically and down seams. And so, again, it's, it's what do you like, what do you enjoy? Tom Brady understood this when he came into this offense and signed here. There were going to be vertical pass routes because of the weapons this team has. And and my God, it has worked over and over again throughout many games this season that you've hit people with big plays on the seams and up top with long throws. I know Brady has struggled some with long throws in recent games. Later on in this game with the Chiefs, he would be much better with the longer throws. But the Bucs aren't suddenly going to have a new offense of let's run all of these crossing routes and things that New England did all the time with short short routes, guys out of the backfield. They tried to throw it some out of the backfield. We talked about this in the Rams game. You're trying to throw it to backs out of the backfield who are dropping the ball. So if you're the play caller, and that's a zero play, and it's now second and ten or third and ten because the back dropped the ball, how inclined are you to go back to that play? Yes, later on here in the uh, in the first half, you're about to hear a highlight of Ronald Jones making the play, but I'm saying as a regular part of the offense, if your philosophy is we've got the weapons to go straight down the field, we want the quarterback to find them, then he's got to be able to make that happen. He's a Hall of Famer, and he has made it happen at stages throughout this season with the deep ball, with firing down the seams, and he would later in this game to that point. And one more thing in the back and forth. This is why I love sports and sports opinion. I've been around uh, Sports Talk Radio. I started my career in local Sports Talk Radio in Tampa Bay for 10 years. I've done it nationally with SiriusXM, with Fox Sports Radio. I can tell you on SiriusXM and Fox Sports Radio, we talked many a time. with I did it with interviews, with callers, with feedback, with people going back and forth about how awful Tony Romo was in the biggest games, especially in the second half and the fourth quarter. So for all the on-TV analysis, if you should be doing this, you should be doing that, they're not doing this, and oh, they're making it difficult doing that. If it's all that easy, how come Tony Romo could never get it done with the Dallas Cowboys in the biggest games? I think he won one playoff game in his career. One, maybe two. I don't ever remember him being in a Super Bowl. I remember probably a dozen times in a huge Cowboy game. Yeah, it's kind of like Bash Romo time. Like a dozen times in big Cowboy games where they had to have it at the end of regular season's playoff chase, playoff moment where Tony Romo was throwing that T-interception or Tony Romo's team would score 10 points and lose. It ain't that easy, folks. And again, I realize uh, on Monday night, Brian Greasy, long-time quarterback in the NFL, including with the Bucks, he was the analyst. Sunday night football, it's Chris Collinsworth. Who's the analyst? And they're, they're criticizing, of course, when you're not playing well, you're criticizing. But so many people are going, oh, Romo's pointing this out. He can see it. He, Romo gets paid to point these things out. He gets paid to have his opinion. He gets paid to tell you that what he sees isn't going to work, and here's why it isn't going to work. That's his job. The only thing I'm pointing out is it ain't that easy. And Tom Brady's had a whole lot more success than Tony Romo ever had at the highest level with getting it done. And if he's struggling to get it done, believe me when I tell you a lot of other people would be struggling against the defenses and the looks that you're getting to get it done because, again, Brady's going into the Hall of Fame. All right, so I'm off the soapbox on that. Let's get back to the game. Let's get back to the highlights. And finally, there were highlights. So the Chiefs were driving in the second quarter, moving into scoring range again. 17-0 league. You're thinking, oh, boy, this is going to be 20 nothing. This is going to be 24 nothing, because Mahomes hits Sammy Watkins for 14 yards. Mahomes hits Travis Kelsey on a third and eight for nine yards. They move into scoring range with DeMarcus Robinson catching one for 13 yards and a first down. First and goal at the eight-yard line, though, and the Buck defense shows up right here big.
1: Mahomes with a sidebar right. Edwards-Fillier takes the snap and looks upfield. He says the heck. He's tagged in the backfield. Oh, the football. The ball is on the deck. Who comes up with it? The Bucks have come up with it at the 15-yard line. William Golston gobbles up the football, a sack before.
0: Shaq Barrett with the sack fumble of Patrick Mahomes' enormous momentum swinging play. William Golston recovers the ball in that instance, and the sack fumble turnover gives the Chiefs no points and finally gives the Buccaneers life. As you're going to hear Mean Genie, he had a great call there on that. Uh, Gene Deckerhoff and Dave Moore on Buccaneers Radio Uh, now getting fired up because the Bucs start making plays come out of their own end making plays a pass to Gronkowski for nine a little short two yard pass to Antonio Brown on third and one got a first down then Chris Godwin over the middle for eight yards and then a long one to Rob Gronkowski down the middle Gronk catching for 29 yards again uh, that ball was well thrown with touchdown the middle from Tom Brady right over the top of a defender uh, again, you're able to get a guy open down the seam, and you got him protected. Brady in the pocket a little bit to have some time. And that would set up first and 10 at the Kansas City 37. And we mentioned getting the ball to a back out of the backfield in space. You got to catch it first, and Ronald Jones did
1: rojo is the setback and play action fake sold nicely by brady look the ball off fought by rojo on the 30 down the near sideline to the 25 to the 20. high oh, step into the pen five touchdown tampa bay did he step out of bounds did he it's step out of bounds mr ref it's a touchdown touchdown tampa bay fire the cannon
0: 37 yards tight roping down the sideline right in front of me made a great play to get over the chiefs defender and that's the explosiveness that ronald jones has and it was obvious here with, with about four and a half to go in the first half. That's a game-changing sequence. Instead of being down 20 to nothing or 24 to nothing, obviously, it's now 17-7. You're right in the game, and you've got a chance to uh, get the second half kickoff and, and be right in this as well. Now the Chiefs would drive late in the first half, killing the final four minutes. Got a couple of completions again. Tyreek Hill, just a monster first half at a seven-yard catch. Uh, Kelsey had a 14-yard catch uh, and then another 13-yard catch over the middle. They moved into scoring range, but the Bucs, again, were able to stop the Chiefs and uh, keep them out of the end zone. And Harrison Butner, uh, Butker excuse me, kicked the uh, 29-yard field goal to make the game 20-7. But a win for the defense after bending they didn't break and stopped uh, Kansas City from getting a touchdown. And the game, again, is a two-score game going to halftime. At 20 to seven, uh, at this point. So there you go. Uh, that was the story. As Bruce Arians came over to me at halftime on Buccaneers radio, I said to him, "Okay, uh, what do you got to do differently against uh, Tyree Kill against the pass offense? Because you've you've been able to slow them down a little bit now after the couple of big plays." And he said, "Hey, we just we can't get beat deep over the top like this. We knew what Kansas City can do." And I'm paraphrasing the coach here. He said, "We got to be better." we got to be better with the pass rush getting to him. And, and really, you saw at the end of the first half, the rush through the middle, uh, in particular, the push by and Sue, uh, by Khalil Davis, the rookie that was in there, by Nacho Raheem Nunez-Roches. That push in the middle was bothering Mahomes. That allowed the rush on the outside from Jason Pierre-Paul, Shaq Barrett, uh, and others to be able to get pressure on Mahomes as well. So again, the game 20-7. to as you go to intermission so that brings us out to the third quarter of the game and the Bucks again are able to move the ball on the opening drive of the third quarter Brady finding Gronk again over the middle for eight yards on a second and long that got him a first down and then we don't have it in the highlights but a a great touch pass not just good a great touch pass you talk about his ability to throw it long he put touch on the ball to Gronk Uh, over the top of a defender again Gronk Makes the run after the catch, 48 yards down to the five-yard line, uh, hurtling over a a defender as well. I really thought he was going to have a chance to score on the play. The Chiefs did a great job to get him on the ground, and that would be big because it brought up first and goal. And on first and goal, Leonard Fournette ran for a yard through the middle of the line, couldn't get it. Second and goal, you were trying to get the ball to Fournette in the right flat who caught it, but he had three defenders around him. I know Dave Moore was saying on Buccaneers Radio that Gronkowski was coming free in the back of the end zone, and Brady didn't wait. If he waits another second and looks, that, that Gronk's right there, and it's a uh, 99% touchdown because he's open by himself and coming across uh, from left to right in the back of the end zone. Instead, he went for the check down, probably the play in the huddle, We'd have to have Bruce Arians, Byron Leftwich talk about the play call, Tom Brady talk about the play call, but it was probably originally to go to Fournette. He stuck with it. And Fournette is clobbered as soon as he caught it by the two defenders and then Brady threw incomplete, whistling the ball over Gronkowski and actually over the crossbar. Gao Ming couldn't have caught the pass on the third down play. And so that brings in one of the most reliable guys for the Buccaneers right now has been the place kicker. And Ryan Suckup gets the Bucks' latest points here. Zach Trenner is the
1: snapper. Here's the kick. It's Searborn, and it is good. And the Buccaneers get points on our first possession.
0: The score is now 20-10. to 10. So 20-10 to 10 at this stage after that opening drive to start the second half. Eight plays, 67 yards on that one. The Chiefs would come back uh, on their opening drive of the second half, making plays again. Uh, Again, uh, Tyreek Hill gets free for 21 yards after all that conversation about how do you stop him in the second half. You you then had a controversial moment uh, where Mahomes was throwing deep, uh, but the Bucs had jumped off sides. And so even though there was an interception by Jordan Whitehead, you wonder if Mahomes would have even tried that pass had he not known that it was a free play with the Bucs jumping off sides. Uh, Mahomes then uh, found... Uh, Clyde edwards layer for 10 yards out of the backfield. He then scrambled himself on a little option play for 17 yards, showing his wheels. And then eventually, that would lead to this on a second and four.
1: It is second down and four from the 20. Empty backfield, Mahomes, those toward the end zone. Oh, the caught ball, touchdown, Kansas City Chiefs. My goodness, it's Tyreek Hill again. His third touchdown catch of the game.
0: Three TDs on the day. Tyreek Hill's 20-yard catch, as Gene was calling it there, makes the game 27-10. And if you're the Bucks, you were in trouble here at this point. And unfortunately, uh, in the short term, things weren't going to get much better down by 17. But 27-10, you knew you were going to have to have points. You were going to have to have big plays. So as we get back into the highlights, the Bucks have the ball back here. Uh, Gronkowski comes up with an 11-yard catch on third down. Uh, but then that's called back because of holding. So that brings up third and 15 here, and one of the plays of the game for the Buccaneers, especially on offense, happened next. The snap to Brady out of the gun. Pressure coming. Brady throws the deep ball downfield
1: toward Godwin. He makes a diving catch at the Kansas City 35-yard line. Brady threw the deep ball, and it connects with Chris Godwin. Remarkable grab by Chris.
0: What a catch by Chris Godwin. 44 yards on the rainbow from Tom Brady and again Brady was getting pressured through the middle, put the ball where his guy could go and get it. Again, uh, I am such a big believer in what Evans and Godwin bring to this team. Both 1000-yard receivers, make it work with those guys. And you would you would hear and you're going to see and hear more uh, about this. You're going to hear more obviously on this podcast, but we would see it on Sunday of what these two could do in the fourth quarter of the game. And so that sets you up now, down 27-10, go get a touchdown. It's first and 10 at the Kansas City 36, but Brady feels pressure again, and this happened.
1: Brady takes the snap, drops, looks, throws the ball down the far sideline. It is intercepted, picked off at the 10-yard line. They'll try to run it back. They're going to say it's down at the 10-yard line, and Rashad Breeland picks off Brady, who was hit again as he threw
0: the ball. Yes, Brashard Bashar, Breeland comes up with the interception. I, I'm just going to say it here on Nothing But Bucks. That's inexcusable for the Hall of Famer on a first and ten to take that kind of chance while getting hit uh, and throw the interception. You're not in a desperate situation there. You're in the third quarter. You've got five minutes left in the third quarter. Live to fight another down. I mean, if Brady was here with us, he would say the same thing, That on that on that play, throw it away. Take the sack, throw it away better than the interception ultimately it didn't cost you any points the Chiefs went three and out and gave the ball right back to the Bucs but that was a big momentum killer uh, in that moment and then and then Brady throws another interception after getting the uh the short terrible punt uh Tommy Townsend's punt was not good and uh and the Bucs well actually that punt was actually good he had a bad punt later on in the fourth quarter of the game But uh, after that, Tom Brady was able to uh, find uh, Antonio Brown for nine yards. And then Ronald Jones raced through the middle, broke a couple of tackles, and got 34 yards. And you're thinking, okay, you got something else moving. And then Brady's pass bounced off a chief uh, pass rusher's helmet, flew up in the air 15, 20 feet in the air. And Tyran Matthew, uh, who Bruce Arians and the Cardinals drafted out of LSU back many years ago, Uh, Matthew picks it off, and the end result is you kill another drive with a turnover. And for those that are critics right now, Brady was not throwing interceptions earlier in the year, but they are there. Now, that was a fluke one off of a helmet. He still threw the pass, though, and threw it off of a helmet of a defender in the way for the interception. The first one is absolutely on him. Bad throw, not thrown out of bounds, not thrown over the top incomplete where his guy can get it. The second one, not as much his fault on a deflected ball. He did throw the ball, but it's deflected off of a helmet. Still, killer interception. And you really felt like at this point, you never say never, but you felt like at 27-10 giving the ball back to the Chiefs. This is big trouble. This is big trouble, especially if they go down and get any points here at this stage of the game. So credit the Buccaneer defense for stopping that as this game uh, unfolded and they were able to stop the Chiefs now uh, at the end of the uh, third quarter of the game, and this is uh, again uh, where Tommy Townsend had the poor punt uh, of only 32 yards. The Bucks get the ball back, and the fourth quarter begins with the Bucks moving uh, the football. Cameron Brake catches a 14-yard pass on the first play of the fourth quarter. Brake catches another nine-yarder on the next play. Then Godwin eight yards over the middle. You're thinking, all right, you're making your move. Here, go. I mean, it's 27-10, but you got the whole fourth quarter to go. The Bucks moving into scoring range. And then unfortunately it becomes third and 10 and Brady finds Godwin for seven. So now it's fourth and three. You had no choice here with 12 minutes and 50 seconds to go in the game, but to go for it on fourth down and magic would happen.
1: Fourth down and three, trailing 17. You gotta make it. Gotta reach the 28 yard line of Kansas. Here's the snap, Brady upfield throwing th- toward the end zone toward the end zone caught ball touchdown Tampa Bay there you go Mike Evans Mike said get me the ball Tom Brady and Brady delivers and the Bucks get a touchdown
0: Mike Evans gets in the end zone yet again for the ninth time on the season with that 31 yard touchdown catch on fourth down little double move I know we were saying on Buccaneers radio that he and Tom Brady were having Let's just say at times a very animated conversation, not an argument about him trying to get the ball and get open over on the sideline and being more involved in the offense. There it is as he comes up uh, with that touchdown catch, and that cuts the lead to 27-17, and you felt like you had the momentum. The Bucs did have the momentum at that stage. The Chiefs got the ball back. The Chiefs were able to get a couple of first downs, including a big uh, pass play on third and two to Nicole Hardman for 15 yards that got them out near midfield. Controversial moment then where Mahomes threw deep for Hardman and the ball was intercepted by Sean Murphy bunting, but the play called back for a 15-yard personal foul on Jason Pierre-Paul. And I'm going to be consistent here on the Nothing But Bucks podcast that earlier in the year, I talked about this in the Bears game. I talked about it on the first play of the game against the Saints. you got to protect the quarterback. And when there are are blows to the head on the quarterback, you got to call it. And Sean Hockley, the the son of the former uh, longtime referee, Ed Hockley, the nickname for Sean Hockley as he came up through the college ranks as a Pac-12 referee and now an NFL referee, is Son of Guns. Son of Guns made the right call. I know our Dave Moore was critical on Buccaneers Radio. I'm going to respectfully disagree with him. He played in the NFL. I did not. They have emphasized this for years. If you hit a quarterback in the helmet, in the head, in the face mask, whether you get it intentionally or not. And Jason Pierre-Paul's trying to block the pass, but the arm comes down and hits Mahomes right on the helmet, right in the face mask. That's a penalty, folks. That is supposed to be called 10 times out of 10, 100 times out of 100. And I know, and I'm going to name his name, John Hussey missed that call, the referee, in the, in the first play of the Saints game where Brady dropped back. He got hit in the head. It's right in front of the referee. He didn't call it. That's the... The one time out of a 1,000 that it was not called and it's supposed to be called. And by the way, the Bucks would get this call later on in the game on Brady being hit uh, in the head. So you take the interception off the board, and the Chiefs run a little more clock and eventually try to punt, and that's where uh, Townsend shanked the 23-yard punt, setting the Buccaneers up at their own 27-yard line. Brady goes back to work here, uh, able to uh, get some completions, uh, finding... Uh, Chris Godwin for seven yards on a third down, finding Leonard Fournette for eight yards out of the backfield, finding Fournette again over the middle for six yards. And then after Brady was sacked, finally the Bucs get into some scoring range. Chris Godwin with an 11-yard catch. That's when the roughing the passer was called on Frank Clark for hitting him in the helmet. And uh, that moved the Bucs into scoring range with the half the distance to the goal line penalty, and it did not take long to get back in the end zone. Brady takes the snap, second and goal. Brady stands tall, looks, fires a pass. Caught ball, touchdown Tampa Bay! Touchdown Buccaneers! Mike Evans' his second touchdown of the fourth quarter. And you're right in the game at 27-24 with four minutes to go and a couple of timeouts. And the two-minute warning, a 73-yard drive and just 2:11 off the clock. But unfortunately, the Chiefs were too good on the final drive. The Bucs trying to use their timeouts. Mahomes got one First down with his feet scrambling for eight yards on a big second and six when the Bucs had already taken a couple of timeouts. And then finally, after the two-minute warning, it was Mahomes finding Tyreek Hill for eight yards and the first down that allowed them then to kneel on the ball. And in the game, as the Bucs come back from 27-10 down, comes up three points short at 27-24. to So, again, third loss in four games. Third game of magnitude, Sunday night, Monday night, or national TV game with the Chiefs that you're not able to win at home. Very disappointing. I understand that. I've used that word some on this podcast. Frustrating to not have uh, more success, especially with home game opportunities. But when it was done, we had the opportunity to get some interviews, some conversations on our Hooters post game show. Let's go back to that and begin with head coach Bruce Arians and his assessment of this latest defeat. What turned around for you? After it was 17 nothing? why did this game turn around and become competitive, Coach?
2: We started making more plays, especially on third down offensively. We moved the ball, got, got the touchdown, um, started converting third downs, and then making more first downs on first down. Uh, defensively, you know, we gave up the two chunks to Tyreek, and uh, Ty did a good job of, of mixing back in some zone pressures and other pressures, To uh, And our front four did a heck of a job of, of getting after him you know, he, he's a heck of a guy to try to get down on the ground because he's such a great scamp- scrambler and can make some unbelievable throws outside the pocket. So uh, it was a good, good, just good job, but just not good enough.
0: Let's talk about the fourth quarter and the comeback. Uh, it obviously started with a Mike Evans touchdown on a fourth down play. From what you recall on that one, he's the primary option on that, and obviously Tom Brady able to lay it right in there to him.
2: Yeah, actually, we tried to make the first down on the other side, but if we got the perfect look on the other side, uh, go for the shot. Tom saw it, made a great play, got a great throw, and, and got the touchdown.
0: And, again, you're able to get the ball back. You're able to get the stop and get the ball back, and you got another touchdown to Mike Evans in the corner of the end zone. Again, that one, you had a better vantage point on that one. Just describe that play, if you would.
2: Yeah, Mike just beat his guy clean off the line of scrimmage, and uh, Tom had a good he, – he fixed his protection perfectly uh, and just hit Mike. Um, Leonard went underneath, and Mike went out. And it was just a real good pattern, good, good throw and catch. I,
0: I know they got off to such a hot start. Uh, Tyreek Hill had 200 yards receiving in the first quarter of the game. Why was he having that kind of success, and then how did you slow them down and slow him down as the game went on?
2: Well, Patrick – Mahomes read it perfectly when we when we were disguised and when we were in man and trying to pressure, and the pressure didn't get home fast enough, and uh, Carlton uh, got beat on one. He, he had great coverage on the other, and it was just an unbelievable good throw. Uh, you're not going to beat that throw. So, um, yeah, he's a heck of a player, and uh, when, when we were in man, he caught us.
0: Well, and then again, uh, you you've got a chance to try to get the ball back. You're using your timeouts, and Patrick Mahomes made a couple of plays. Uh, one of them, backpedaling and and firing the ball for a completion. Another one on a scramble where he got outside and got the first down. Uh, just uh, he's a special player, is he not? And that and it called for big plays. He made them, right? I no doubt, and uh,
2: not just his arm, but with his legs there at the end when we're trying to get the ball back and try to get a long field goal. You know he scrambles out and makes two first downs. That uh, that was huge to, at the end of the ball game. But he, yeah, he's a great, great player, and uh, you know, my hats off to him.
0: Goes without saying, NFL players are tough. I know Donovan Smith was a big question mark all the way up until game time. He gutted it out. You also got Ali Marpet back for the first time in three ball games. Uh, again, you've not seen coaches tape, but those guys uh, were gamers to get out there and uh, And give it an effort, say something about them and and the way that they played and how you thought they played.
2: oh, I' really proud of both of them. yeah, alley got a little bit of practice in um Donovan came to the stadium in a boot. We were really sure when I asked him yesterday, you know he did the same thing in Detroit last year, and I asked him was it as bad as Detroit so says no, it's not as bad. We'll see tomorrow and uh he told me I, I i I know I can play at least half. I don't know if I can finish the game and uh he's he's tough man i, I I, I hate when people get on Donovan because the one thing, he's tough, and he he gutted it out, really, really proud of him.
0: For this team, you've lost three times in the last four games. You're headed now to a bye week. What it, What is your message to this team to try to regroup with four to go, Coach?
2: Get rest, and we got to beat the virus. We, we, every team that's come back off a bye has had a virus problem, and we cannot allow a virus to cost us players – Uh, down the stretch in December we got we got to have all hands on deck and I love our chances in every one of those games and play them one at a time and uh, we just can't beat the we have to beat the virus next week
0: and he brings up a good point there at the end of the conversation that the Buccaneers now latest bye week of any teams in the NFL they and the Carolina Panthers are the only two teams on the bye for this week in week 13 you got to be ready and be prepared with a mask and social distancing for the outbreak of coronavirus going everywhere, especially with everybody traveling over the Thanksgiving holiday, moving around, coming back home. The spread of it is everywhere. You hope that the Bucs take it seriously. There are some teams that obviously, the Ravens won, the Broncos who paid dearly for it with their quarterbacks too, in recent examples, haven't taken this as seriously as an organization or players and look what has happened. And let's hope... Let's hope for the Bucs case that it is not the case uh, after the bye. They are concerned about it. Uh, and he's and he's right as well that you did some good things, but unfortunately you didn't do enough of them. And now you got four games after the bye week to try to get into the tournament, get into the playoffs. And again, I'll have another thought on that in a couple of moments. Uh, all right, here was Tom Brady. Not a not a long session with the media after the game, but here was the Buccaneers quarterback about the comeback, about his interceptions. Uh, as the Bucks drop for the third time in four games a defeat at home, but here was the uh, the Hall of Famer to be.
2: Tom, um, I know you fell short, but uh, falling down seventeen to nothing, can you talk about the ability to come back and make this a tough game?
3: Yeah, we you know we battled back. We unfortunately you know left ourselves a big deficit to start. Got off to a slow start. Couldn't convert any third downs. Um, just poor execution early and get behind and, and uh, you know, players got to do a better job. we got to make the plays that are there. And certainly when you play a good offense, offense, offensively, we got to do our job and stay on the field and keep them off the field.
4: Hey Tom, we had talked a lot about the deep ball and what wasn't working the last couple of games. Well, what do you think changed? Why did things click as well as it did, especially uh, the, the early ones to Gronk and then the touchdown on the mic? Uh, I'm
3: not sure. Just better execution. You know, I think we can, we can hit every throw. So if we miss it, we miss it, but, you know, we're going to keep taking them.
0: Hey, Tom, obviously um, when this second half started, things seemed to be much more in rhythm for you guys and and things started to click. You said, you mentioned the slow start for you. What does that difference feel like between when you guys are out of rhythm and then why things start to click the way they did?
3: Yeah, I think, you know, football is so much about that being in rhythm and, and staying in rhythm and finding your rhythm and, I think as we keep going forward, you know, we're learning more and more about ourselves, about what we need to do, and um, going to get back to work and try to do a lot better job the last quarter of the season.
5: Hey Tom, as you guys head to your bye week, um, there's been some folks that have there's been some folks that have had some chatter about you know you, you still look like you're running someone else's offense. One of your former teammates even said on TV that he thinks that you need a new head coach. What do you make of all that noise?
3: No, it's just the external noise that. When you're losing, you know, that's what you deal with. So, uh, you know, I love p- playing for for the guys that I play with, the coaches, the whole organization's been unbelievable. And I think what, uh, you know, we just got to go out and I certainly have to do a better job the last four weeks of the year.
0: They do have to regroup out of the bye week and be better, especially at the beginning of games. If you're looking for a common theme right now, yes, the Carolina game sandwiched into these four games, the Bucks were much better in the first quarter in the first half of that game. And the argument can be made that Carolina is not the Saints' defense, or the Rams' defense, or much less even the Chiefs' defense. Chiefs' defense is not very good, but they were good enough on Sunday. But you got to be better in the first quarter. Opening drive touchdowns got to come back, and and really in the um, in the Monday night game, you had the lead in the second quarter, fourteen to seven. You put a couple of drives together in that one, so. I understand. It ebbs and flows here. you got to get back to scoring and putting points on the board early in the game and building confidence and resting your defense and letting them regroup. We'll see if the Bucs can do that. Uh, speaking of uh, offense, though, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Chris Godwin. Fantastic catch in the second half of this game. Plays so hard. Gets tough yards over the middle. Uh, when this one was all said and done, I had the chance to interview him one-on-one as part of our Hooters postgame show. As uh, the Bucks fell 27-24, but Chris Godwin had no quit in him, battled, had an eight-catch game. Here he was. Dave, thank you. Chris Godwin is joining us uh, here. Chris, uh, another hard-fought game that ends 27-24. What did this come down to in the end in the fourth quarter?
4: Uh, it really just came down to uh, execution, uh, and and the, our lack of execution in the, in the first half really came back to bite us in the second half. You know, you can't, you know, you can't start that slow when you're going against a really good team. Um, and those are things that, that we have to learn from. You know, I think I think it's commendable the way we fought to get back in the end. But you know, we have got to we got to continue to push, continue to push each other to go a little bit further.
0: You had eight catches for ninety seven yards, including a tremendous leaping catch on a key third and long in the third quarter. Describe that play from what you remember you laid out and got that ball.
4: Yeah, I mean it was really just uh just a go out. Um, you know, they, they went to cover two and I was able to, to to gain some ground in the safety. You know, Tom saw it the same said what I did and gave me a, a, a great ball and then at that point it was really just go make the play. Um, you know, I think that was a really big play for us at, at, at that time and you know, those those are the type of plays that I try to make for my team, and you know, whatever the ball comes my way, just just try to be as effective as possible.
0: And one more, because there's going to be so much scrutiny over the bye week here about starting games better. How does this offense get it back on track, like you had earlier in the season, starting games with points, maybe even a couple of touchdowns in first quarters and first halves, Chris? What has to be better?
4: Uh, we just have to, you know, commit to each other, you know, recognize the problem. Uh, and, and address it, and just work. You know, if we continue to work hard, how we've been, how we've been working, you know, learn from our mistakes. I think you you start to see it turn around in the in the first half of the game.
0: And there are his thoughts again about having to be better at the beginning of the game, be more on point, Third down conversions, which eluded the Buccaneers in the first quarter on Sunday, they have got to be better as well. Uh, just not good enough. And um, and now let's hear a little bit from the Buccaneer defense as well. Shaq Barrett, who had that sack fumble. Discuss that play and how the defense was able to be better. We were talking with Bruce uh, Bruce Arians about that, about why was the defense better, especially after giving up the big plays in the first quarter. Here is uh, Shaq Barrett after it was done Sunday. Hey,
4: Shaq, I just want to ask you about what happened early there. Obviously, this is a talented offense, but to fall behind 17-0, just just, just want to ask you how they get into a rhythm and move the ball so well as they did.
5: It's just the uh, one of the, uh matchups, they uh, – Like we was in position to make the play. They just made the play and we didn't a couple times. And uh, it came out that we was down 17-0, but we kept competing, was able to bring it back closer and uh, give our offense a shot to uh, bring the game closer.
4: You guys fight back to make this a three-point game, almost a chance to get it back at the end there. Where, Where do you think this team is going into a bye week, knowing what's ahead in these last four games for you?
5: think we in a good spot, but, I mean, it's been the same spot for a couple of weeks. We always start off slow or start off fast and then fall down at some point during the game and then pick it back up. We got to play consistently good football for four, whole quarters and then we'll be exactly where we want to be at. Shaq, what was working so well for you guys there in the second quarter? It seemed like that was when you guys really started to get more pressure on Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Coach Bowles, switch up the defense a little bit and uh, just gave us a chance to get after the quarterback a little bit more. And we was uh, taking advantage of it, trying to get them off his spot as much as possible and keep them in the pocket as much as possible sir.
4: And this is a team the a chiefs team that
5: can do a lot of damage late in games too. So um, for you guys to be able to go out there and, and again, make it a three point game, um, does that give you a little bit, I guess, of a consolation prize as you head into this bye week? Or is it one of those things where you're just kind of kicking yourself because it's like, man, two games in a row now against really good opponents, you know, we just couldn't quite close the deal. Yeah, I don't think there's no consolation prizes. They did exactly what they needed to do to win a game, and we didn't. So you could say we played better, but we still didn't win a game. You got to play that way for the whole four quarters, and then we'll be – not talking about consolation prize we'll be talking about actually winning the game and
3: that's what it's all about. Shaq you had most of your sack production rushing from the right side last year you rushed I think exclusively from that side tonight had a sack bumbled was critical in the game what led to you and JPP switching sides was that something you guys did or was that the coaching staff deciding to switch you? Uh,
5: uh, coach foot our position coach It was uh, the guy that was on the le- That left tackle was a favorable matchup For me and the right tackle was a favorable matchup For JP so we ended up uh, Practicing like that the whole week and ended up Switching sides and closer to the end Of the game we ended up switching back
3: And then with um, You know with you guys coming off of a short week And then 12 straight weeks of football How much do you guys need the bye week To rest up and recover for a very Important month of football coming up
5: uh, speaking for myself, I feel pretty good. Like, that's the best I felt in a long time, week what, 11 into the, or 12 into the season. But uh, it's going to be good just so we can, like you said, refresh, refocus. And we shouldn't need to refocus, but just to refocus, to make sure everything is where we need to be at, everybody. Just dotting their I's, crossing their T's, and, yeah, so we can get back to winning football.
2: Hey, Shaq, 12 weeks into the season, the record says you guys are a playoff team, but you struggled to beat other good teams. What's the reality? How, how good is this team?
5: As good as we want to be like, we go compete with all of them, but competing is not enough. We just got to just start making them plays that we missing out on in the games in these big time games. We'd be in the right position, but the other team make the play and we don't or like whatever it is about like similar to that. We just got to make the plays. We just can't keep being close. We got to make them and that to change the game for us.
0: Shaq uh, take us back to the last four minutes you guys you guys need to come up with a stop and uh, no matter how much pressure you bring or how close you seem to get to Mahomes he's just got that escape ability able to to scramble out run for the first down I mean how frustrating was that the final four minutes when you guys needed that stop
5: uh it was frustrating we know that we have to stand our of rush lanes but we need to make sure we're keeping our eyes open too and I failed on one play he hit through the b gap and I should have been able to read and react a little bit quicker to that. So it's a like we know like that's the place we just got to make the change the game around. Like we got veterans out there on the D line, on the ends, and we we should know better. And we're going to fix that so we won't like – so we could have had a chance to go down there and tie the game and win the game. 27-24
0: is our final as the Chiefs come in and win. It's the first time the Chiefs had beaten the Buccaneers in Tampa since all the way back in 1993. Joe Montana's first game as a Kansas City Chief. And in the words of the legendary Howard Cosell, I remember because I was there. I was there. Uh, As a fan at that time, not yet in the media just yet. Just starting uh, my broadcasting career uh, on the old... I was talking to a couple people about this, the old Sports Radio 910 back in the early 90s. In fact, you know what? Uh, yes. Uh, I, I had just started with the old 910, and I was there uh, actually uh, as a media member. In those days, all the media people couldn't fit in the press box from sports radio, etc., in the old Tampa Stadium. So I was there for Montana's first game. I remember it being about 153 degrees in September. Dave Moore will tell you that that was one of the hottest games from a temperature standpoint he ever played in in the old stadium. And Montana and the Chiefs were brilliant that day. That's the last time Kansas City had won here. Buccaneers had had won time and again in this rivalry over the past few times they had played Kansas City, but Mahomes and the champs look like the champs. And I say to you again as we wrap it up on this edition of Nothing But Bucks, all hope is not lost. We do have a bye week here, but you've got four winnable games in front of you. I know the Falcons are playing better under former Buck coach Raheem Morris, who's auditioning for the full-time job right now in Atlanta. They destroyed the Raiders on Sunday. You're going to get that, time, uh, that team two times in the last three games, but you're also going to get the two NFC North teams, the Vikings and the Lions, who fired their coach, Matt Patricia, this past weekend. You've got an opportunity to come back off the bye week and realistically have a ninth win or a tenth win if you take care of business. And you may be able to win all four of these games. I know critics will say, oh, you're not going to win any of them. Guess what? The, the Bucs aren't going to go winless. The last four, unless something happens, the only caveat, and God help us, is if Tom Brady's not there, then what happens? But if Brady is there healthy, you're not going to go winless. You're going to have a great chance to beat Minnesota at home, get your confidence back, and be ready for the stretch run to go make the playoffs. Would it have been much better to have gotten one or both of these games this past week with the Rams and the Chiefs and be sitting at at least eight and four, if not nine and three on the bye? Of course. Can't change that now. Kansas City was better. Again, Kansas City's lost one game all year. That's how good they are. Uh, And it was tough to be able to beat them. Uh, It was going to be tough for anybody to be able to beat them. But uh, if you're the Bucs, you just take the bye week and you have to regroup now for the stretch run of the season and the chance at the playoffs. And we'll wait to see what the NFL does. They may pause things. I don't have any insight here. But if the craziness with COVID-19 positives and teams not able to practice and not able to play on time, they may extend the regular season into January. They may have to pause. They may expand the playoffs, which has been discussed. I talked about that earlier. We don't know any of these scenarios. We await all of it. We're day-to-day. We're week-to-week in 2020. I'm just glad, again, that we have the football and the conversations. So thank you for hanging out with me. Thank you to Jason Berringer, uh, helping me with the highlights in the interviews, Jeff Ryan's our director of broadcasting. We will take the week off with the Bucs for the bye week. No, nothing but Bucks until after the Vikings game on December the 13th. We'll come your way after that one is done. As it stands right now, the NFL could change this. That is a 1 p.m. game in a couple of weeks for the Bucs and the, and the Vikings. I don't really see a reason why that game would move off the early window of 1 o'clock might see a Buccaneer game later in the year move off the one o'clock games but for now they're all one o'clock games with the Vikings the Lions and the two games with the Falcons will the Lions game be a Saturday early game will it be a Sunday game we await to see what the NFL decides later on in December when that happens we know for now we're done by week coming Bucks 7 and 5 still in the hunt in the NFC playoff picture gotta hang in there though for that for now keep the faith buck fans a reminder to subscribe to this podcast through the buccaneers mobile app or apple Podcasts wherever you get podcasts i am thrilled to come in here and analyze it give you highlights give you analysis give you insight let's see if the better days aren't ahead in december when the bucks resume with a chance at it starting with the vikings we'll be back after it's over with on nothing but bucks bye